Guys, come on in and grab a seat. We're going to get started. Uh, we're going to start with a clip from a movie you probably never saw. You may have. It's a comedy with John Candy. Uh, it's called Wagons East. Any of you guys seen that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, brand new release uh, 20 years ago. Uh, so I thought you might enjoy this. and It'll set up our, our session for today. So watch the screen, guys. It's been two hours, for God's sake. Oh, come on, Ben. Let's try to be fair about this. There's a fork in the road. This is a very important decision. The man's got to use all his instincts. He's got to, you know, get the lay of the land. The, uh, you know, the angle of the sun. The position of the moon. Which way are we... Which way do we go, huh? That way. You sure? I know which way we're going. Wagons! Last time I listened to you, I told you to wake me up. Good morning. You know, there are a lot of guys who think they know where they're going, but they are lost, wandering through life, hoping for the best, just like John Candy. Now, we've been on quite a journey over the past eight weeks together, and we've covered a lot of territory, but today is a critical day in our, in our journey, in this process that we've been a part of, because today I get to introduce you to a tool that I've been talking about for the past several weeks that'll help you in the process of finding your way. It's a tool that'll take everything we've covered thus far and put it in the present so it becomes practical and useful. But before I introduce that tool to you, uh, what I want to do is review just for a moment. You guys remember this on the screen. We call this the adventurer's wiring. Remember, we looked at that in great detail over several weeks, and the thing I love about this diagram is it really puts everything in perspective. I mean, who am I? Where am I going? What are the components of life? What's life about? And probably the most important question, what's at stake? Because there's a lot at stake when it comes to living life and living it well. And if there's anything I want you to remember from last week, um, it, it is this. It's that fourth option we looked at, and that is somebody is watching and somebody cares. Now, if that's true, somebody's watching and somebody cares, then what you do today has impact on your becoming tomorrow. If that's true, then you are the grandest of God's design. I mean, you have a destiny that's fabulous, and how will you conduct your life today? I mean, with the thoughts that you have, the things you invest yourself in, it plays a part in the drama that gets played out in the present that will end up impacting your future. In fact, it even extends beyond the future into eternity. That's how significant today is uh, in our lives. So what you see on that screen are the elements that are part of this drama that's going on. And you remember how we began. We began at this end with your birth and your design I mean, you are gifted, you have been uniquely crafted by God, you're a one-of-a-kind creation, uh, made by Him. 
And then we talked about the past. That's the next category. And in the past, there were the negatives found in the wounds and unfinished business. And then at the other end, there were the positives. And they all carry over and they end up impacting our lives. Now, remember we said uh, the negatives, well, they can influence your life. Uh, and for the, for the negative, in fact, their influence in your life through the wounds and unfinished business uh, can be detrimental. If you don't clean up that unfinished business and the wounds of the past, then it can have a negative impact on your life. If the wounds and unfinished business aren't cleared up, it impacts your pursuits that you have in the present your present pursuits. And then we moved from the past and we began talking about the present. And in the present, well, you've got your problems. We call those destabilizers. And then you've got your convictions. Those become the stabilizers in the present. And how you factor in uh, the four areas that are going to be the greatest concern to a man's life is going to be critical the four problem areas, that's marriage, career, children, and money. Those are the places that will trip up a man that can cause greater problems, but his convictions can overcome some of those things. And then we talked about the future, your dreams and God's purposes, and the four adventures that God has given us to experience in our life and wants us to experience. And ultimately, you come to death and and destiny, And we talked about those things that affect uh, your life now. Your destiny and where you're headed can have impact on your present life, your present pursuits, and the decisions you make uh, in life today. And then we likened our life. We said this is like a radar screen, and we are like air traffic controllers. And we've got decisions And we got issues swirling around us like planes at DFW. And how you make those decisions and how you engage with those choices, that's going to affect, be affected by everything on this diagram. It plays, uh, it has impact on the decisions you make in the, in the present. Now that's your wiring. And it's critical that you understand all the things that are going on in uh, that diagram. So what have we learned thus far? Well, first we said that the real adventure turns on how well you're wired. Since this is your wiring, how well are you wired? And you remember we what I did is I said, uh, let's take our pins and, and let's put it over different aspects and pretend our pins are like circuit uh, testers and test that circuit in that particular area to see how you're wired. And so you took your pin and used it as a circuit tester and you tested each one of the elements we just talked about. So you place it over birth and design at that end. And you have to ask the question, do I know my gifting? Do I know my strengths? Do I know my abilities? Do you, I, I know how I've been crafted and what energizes my life? And if the answer to those, quest, those questions is no, then you remember we put a negative. You have a negative charge there in, in that area. And then we came over to the past and we began testing the past. And we said that if you grew up in a family that's great and loving and grace-filled home and you had a great relationship with your mom and dad, then that was a positive charge. But, but if you grew up in a family that was a legalistic home, uh, it was a broken home, you had an absent father, or maybe your childhood was filled with all sorts of um, trauma, then you've got a negative charge. But if you deal with those traumas, that negative charge, and you deal with it in a healthy fashion, then you can turn that into a positive, a tremendous positive charge. But if you don't deal with it, then it can undercut everything you do with your life in the present and has impact on your future. 
And, and then we talked about the future, your dreams. Do you have a vision for your life? And if your vision is clear and it's well-defined, then we said give yourself a positive charge in the future. But if you don't have a vision, if it's your, your future is uh, fuzzy, if it's foggy, then you get a negative charge. And how you see your future will impact the way you live now in the present, whether you're aware of it or not. And how well these elements on this chart are wired in your life is how well you'll experience the adventure that God has for you. So what I love about that chart is it kind of summarizes all of life and kind of gives you a way of looking at the whole rather than just parts. And then secondly, you remember, as we kind of look back, we talked about two ways you can go through life. The first is by comparing and competing. It's a comparing and competing way of life. I mean, this is an individual who's not clear about what his life is about, and so he's bought into looking around rather than looking forward. I mean, you meet guys like that all day long. They're looking around. They're looking around and comparing themselves to the other guys. You know, I think I can be better than that guy. I think I can accomplish more than that fella. And we feel like we're in competition with other guys. And we think I'm going to do what he does, but I'm going to beat him in doing it. And so we end up competing. And by the way, that is the way men have lived for millennia. Looking around and competing and comparing themselves with other men. I call that the reactive life. And it comes with a lot of unhealthy pressures connected to it. And I think that kind of competition, that kind of comparison, leads to men working harder than God ever intended rather than enjoying the life God has for you. You, you want to look at the other guy and measure your life by that other guy's life. But who's to say that other guy is the right measurement? Who made him the standard? I mean, you just kind of arbitrarily pick that because of a position they have or something you admire in them. But who made them the standard? Remember, these are cultural pressures that men have felt for ages upon ages. In fact, they're identified in one of the oldest books in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, listened to what he said about how men compare and contrast. It says, And again I saw that, For all toil and every skillful work, a man is envied by his neighbor. Then he concludes, this also is vanity, meaning empty and grasping after wind. I mean, can you see it? Uh, How a man measures his life by looking around. He's thinking, I need a better car than that guy. I want a bigger house than that guy. I want to visit more exotic places than this guy. I I, I want a bigger possession, a position, a more important position than this guy so I can feel good about myself. Uh, But... Solomon says, no, that's vain, it's empty, it's worthless. Oh, it may have a few moments of kind of envious pleasure to it, but it'll never carry you in any way through life and give you any kind of lasting satisfaction, like understanding how God has designed you to live life. In fact, I want you to listen to how the Living Bible paraphrases the words of Solomon It puts it this way, and then I've observed that the basic motive for success is the driving force of envy and jealousy. But this, too, is foolishness. It's chasing after wind. It's empty, but sadly, that's the way most men default to living their lives, by comparing and competing. But but there's a second way to live that's totally different, that's polar opposite that, and I call that envisioning and enjoying It's a totally different way to live rather than looking around. Well, you're looking forward not just to the end of life, but also to what happens after your life ends in eternity. And my heart for you guys this year is that you would purposely and consciously craft a path for yourself rather than doing what most men do, wander around, I mean, hoping for the best, just like John Candy in that clip we just saw. And guessing at uh, and in guessing at life 
what you end up doing is allowing the culture to tell you where you need to head. And so most men unconsciously allow the culture to bend and sway them in a direction that they probably don't need to go rather than being drawn in a direction because it's in line with how God has designed you. And that's where we want to head uh, as we continue the rest of our time together. And that vision uh, may cause you to do different things. It may cause you to, to do walk down a different road than everyone else does, but you're so confident in how God has made you and designed you that as you go down that road, you say, that's okay. I've consciously chosen this road. This is the road I need to go on, and it's right for me. And you measure yourself by the vision that God has given you based upon your gifting and your abilities and what brings life to you. Now, I've watched guys go from hobbies to hobbies. I mean, whether it's golf or whether it's hunting or fishing, and they do some of them not because they enjoy them, but because they think that's what I'm supposed to do. In fact, when I was living in Colorado, I'd watch guys, I mean, go out in below zero weather and go on an elk hunt, not because they liked it, I mean, below zero weather, but because they felt like that's what you do if you live in Colorado. When, if they were honest with themselves, they would say they would probably prefer reading a book and then sitting with a group of guys and discussing what they read rather than going out and trying to live some fantasy life of how culture says that's what men do. And yet nobody's given them permission to do that. So instead of doing what they are designed to do, they end up doing what everyone expects them to do, and that's a very poor way to live. Um, But if you envision life according to your design, you'll live a different way because you know why you're doing what you're doing. You know how it fits who you are and how God has gifted you, and you're glad to do it, and I call that a proactive lifestyle. Rather than unhealthy pressures, well, it has healthy pursuits all over it. And guys, if there's one thing I want to give you this year, it's permission to pursue the life God has for you, which is a life that makes you come alive. It's a life that God has designed based upon your gifting and the heart he's placed inside of you. In fact, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, reminds us of this. Paul wrote the church of Ephesus this. He said, See then that you walk. Now, the word walk in the Bible refers to how you conduct your life. So, see that you conduct your life. Look at the next word, circumspectly. Not as fools. In other words, not as a man competing and comparing. That would be the foolish way to do it. But wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, the days are evil because they take you away from what God has designed you to do, uh, how you're wired, uh, how culture tells you how you're supposed to fit into life, into some prefab mold that you've identified, but that's not in line with what God has for you. Instead, you've got to discover who you are and live out design, that design in a way that's fun for you because God wants us to have fun adventures in life. And then finally, we learned it's best to begin with the end in mind. And by the way, that's why we spent the last three weeks looking at death and destiny. That's the end that's appointed for every one of us in this room. So it's good to ask, what does that mean in light of where I'm headed today? That end in eternity, beginning with the end in mind. So what have we covered thus far? Well, first thing, I want you to see we've gone a lot further than maybe you thought we have. I mean, look at that diagram again. Remember, it begins with a man's design at birth, but it has impact on his pursuits in the present. And we saw that a lot of men really aren't enjoying life. In fact, the common pursuit for most men's life just weighs them down. In fact, they end up slumped over with responsibility as they move through life, and that's kind of the way they end life. You guys remember the picture that was in our science textbooks, maybe in the 7th or 8th grade, talking about the evolution of man? You've got man through time, through uh, millions and millions of years, starts out as a monkey, 
I mean, his arms are down. He's bent over. And then as he moves through life, he begins to straighten up. His arms straighten up until you find him here fully dressed, holding a microscope. And they say that's the evolution of man. Now, I wish that were true. But the truth is, the way man starts out in life in his 20s, I mean, he's erect, he's optimistic, he's ready to go. But then, as he moves through life, he begins taking hits. I mean, he has responsibilities. He's got work he's got to do. He's got to earn a certain salary. He's got kids. He's got um, mortgage. He's got debts he's got to pay. He's got other men he's got to compare himself to. He starts out a wreck, but he ends up down here. That's way a way a man tends to live life. In his 60s, he ends up being down here exhausted and worn out by life. And yet that's never the way God intended it to be lived. God wants it to go in the opposite direction. He wants you to be erect and moving into life in a powerful way because that's the way you're designed. And that's what this year is about. I mean, this year you could say is about getting your head up. Getting your head up, looking at your present pursuits. And then uh, we said... uh, Asking yourself the question, you know, what is my life going to be about? How am I going to arrange my life so I enjoy the adventures that God has for me? And then we looked at God's purpose by asking, what is the adventure? In the book of Genesis, we discovered four adventures. There was the family adventure every man needs to have. And then uh, we discovered that uh, God created this world for us to enjoy, and we said that focuses in on a man-sized adventure for the enjoyment of life. And then we saw that every man needs to give himself to something bigger than himself, which points to a noble cause adventure uh, where you make this world a better place, this community a better place. You, You leave some kind of legacy behind. Every man needs a cause bigger than himself to fight for. And part of figuring out that adventure is figuring out who I am and why am I here and what suits me in terms of that cause. And the earlier you find that cause, the better off you'll be in life. And finally, there is that spiritual adventure. It'd be a shame to go through life 70, 80 years in life and not ever have engagement with God, the one who created you, and never have that experience and the wonder of all that. So I I hope I've shed light on the overall perspective of a man's life, and that, that makes me ask the question, so where are we headed in the future? Where are we headed? I mean, we, well, I forgot we talked about death and we talked about eternity and destiny. So where are we headed in the future with this? Well, here's what I want you to know. Over the next three weeks, in other words, the three weeks before Christmas, we're going to talk about three significant adventure busters. These are three things that can destroy the adventure for a man. And what are we going to cover for the next three weeks is going to be critical. It's extremely practical. Every man needs to be aware of these adventure busters so he can identify them before they run into his life. And then we'll come back in January after our Christmas break, and uh, we're going to explore your birth and design. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Over Christmas break, you're going to take an assessment. We're going to come back, and uh, you're going to have the results of that assessment. You're not going to be able to understand it very much, but I'm going to explain it over the next four weeks, and you'll get a good handle on, wow, this is the way I've been gifted. These are the things that move my heart, that stir me deeply, and you'll have clarity on who you are and what really makes you come alive. Now, in our time remaining, here's what I want to do. I want to focus on the future, but I'm not going to focus on eternity. I'm not going to focus on death and God's purposes. I want to focus on the future by focusing on your dreams. Of all things, your dreams by introducing you to a practical project and a tool that I've been telling you about. In fact, I think it's the most important practical project an adventurer could ever work on. So I want to introduce you to a tool that you can use for the rest of your life. You you know, 200 years ago when sailors would set sail across the ocean, 
they had to figure out a way to navigate to their destination. I mean, there are no landmarks out in the ocean. So they figured out how to use the sexton and the North Star in order to navigate, which kept them on course to make sure they're headed in a good direction. Uh, Today, we don't use that. We have GPS. I mean, GPS is an amazing instrument. It, It not only tells you where you're going, it tells you how long it'll take to get there, it'll tell you your altitude, and I think it'll take your bodily temperature. I mean, it just does everything for you, it seems. It's an amazing instrument that men use. So I want to give you this morning an, um, another amazing instrument. And this instrument is going to be like your GPS unit. It's going to be like your North Star and it'll help you know where you are and if you're on course to your destination. Now, here's the question we've got to wrestle with, and that is, right now, what instrument do you have that keeps you on track in life? Do you have an instrument? Most men don't. I mean, what instrument do you use so you can see clearly if I'm getting to where I want to go in life? So this morning, I'm going to introduce you to this North Star And this North Star is found in a small but profound statement. And this is it. Before I die, I want to. Dot, dot, dot. And you're thinking, well, you built that up. That's it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, we're going to fill in some blanks. And it can have a profound effect on your life and the direction you go as we fill in the blanks and you answer some of the questions. So, here's the blanks being filled in. Before I die, I want to be what? Secondly, before I die, I want to do what? Third, before I die, I want to have what? Fourth, before I die, I want to help whom? Next, before I die, I want to enjoy what? And then before I die, I want to leave what? Now, that's the beginning of your North Star. It's your GPS in life, and you can, in fact, summarize your whole life in that one statement, before I die, I want to dot, dot, dot. Now, As simple as it sounds, I'm telling you, it is a profound instrument. It can have great impact on your life and your future. Why? Because it will force you to get your head out of the fog. It forces you to keep refocusing on the adventure because we get off track, and it will clarify you how you want to live your life or what you want to live your life for, what you want your life to accomplish over time and what you want to experience in life. I mean, you can put it down on a piece of paper, and you're going to have, you'll see this piece of paper on the last page of your notes. You can put it down on that piece of paper, and you can pull this out from time to time and look at it and ask yourself, well, how am I doing with what I want to do in life? Am I becoming what I want to become? Am I enjoying what I want to enjoy? Am I helping whom I want to help? Now, I'm telling you, it's simple, but it's profound, and I've been working on mine for several decades, and I'm always refining. It always it needs to be filled out in pencil because you'll go back three months later, and you'll make changes. And as time goes by and you make those changes, I mean, the things you write down here get deeper. They get clearer uh, about what you want to see your life accomplish before you die, that will have impact on your future and your eternity. Now, here's what I've discovered in doing this with guys. If you're a younger guy, well, this almost seems like pie in the sky to you. I mean, you're young, you've got your whole future ahead of you. You tend not to want to focus that much on your future because you get out a few years and it just gets vague. You can't get that specific with it. Uh, But if you're an older guy, if you're old like me, then uh, the older you are, the more specific you get because you realize you're running out of time. Now, I want to tell you some things I've written down uh, on my um, 
GPS, my North Star, and uh, under each one of those categories. Now, I'm 60 years old, and I'm looking at my life, and I'm asking that first question, what do I want to be before I die? Now, you hear that question, you go, well, that's not a question a 60, mid-60s guy should ask. I mean, that sounds like a question a young guy should ask. But you'd make a big mistake if you don't ask that question, no matter how old you are, because at 65, there are still things I want to be before I die. And one of the things, for instance, I wrote down that I want to be an influencer of culture before I die. Now, culture is the hardest thing to change. It's very difficult. And yet changing culture can impact millions for generations. And I want to see my efforts begin to impact culture. I want to impact church culture to change in order for it to reflect God's heart for his bride. But I don't want to stop just with church. I want to be involved in changing culture in society to bring about societal change. And that's one of the reasons I give myself to this and have been teaching this series for three, well, six years, back six years, because I am convinced as men go, so go the culture. I mean, we live in a generation today that we're raising young men and boys into young men, and they don't have a clue about what it means to be a man, a culture that wants... Uh, to blend the differences between male and female and talk about how there needs to be no distinction that allow that cause men to lose their heart in this culture. And I want to be a part of a chain, being a change agent to bring about change and affecting the culture. That's one of the things I want to be. Uh, secondly, one of the things I want to do is I've been thinking about this for 10 years. I want to take some time uh, and write a book that will help dads know what to do with sons as they transition from childhood to adolescence into adult life. Most dads don't have a clue. Most dads throw up their hands and just give up when their their sons begin to change and move into manhood. They don't know how to define manhood. They don't know how to lead their husband, their their uh, boys into manhood, and yet uh, a man has to be invited into manhood. Uh, he doesn't just mature into it. And the best person to engage a, a young boy in manhood is his father. He has the greatest impact on his life. So I, I want to bring about that kind of change, and that's one of the things I want to do. Uh, one of the things I want to have before I die is I, I want to get on a motorcycle and I want to ride through the Rockies uh, with my two sons on motorcycles. I just would love to do that. Having lived in Colorado uh, for 10 years, I, I want to take them across Independence Pass, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I mean, it's breathtaking up uh, about 12,000, 13,000 feet where the road goes over Independence Pass. And it, it's... It's the uh, highway that goes between Leadville and Aspen, and it's only 12 miles, but it'll take you an entire day to do it because you've got to get out and stop and look and explore. I want to do that with my sons. It's a simple little dream, but that's one of the things, uh, experiences I want to have with them. Before I die, I want to help whom? Well, I want to help uh, people see meaningful transformation in their life. Uh, by God's engagement through the church in their life. And I want to continue to give myself to that. Before I die, I want to enjoy. Well, one of the things I want to enjoy is I would like to take my wife to the Greek islands of uh, Patmos and Santorini and Rhodes. I've done that before. I did it with my son, Josh. But I want her to have that experience, and I'd like to be with her in doing that. Another thing I want to do before I die is I want to visit Israel and study uh, the geography there and a number of the archaeological sites to understand some things I couldn't understand just by uh, reading the Bible. And then before I die, I want to leave what? Well, I want to leave behind a church that does more than just influence people, but a church that engages with the culture that lives out, I mean, God's um, 
vision, I think, for the church. It's Jesus' noble idea in Matthew 3.16 where it says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they, meaning the world, sees your good works and they glorify your God in heaven. Without you ever saying a word, they see what you do and they glorify your God in heaven. They end up worshiping your God. Now, I've had a lot of experiences in my life, some great experiences, and those are just a few of the things that I have written down on my uh, GPS, my North Star. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to dream about what you want to put on your North Star because we have been given the privilege of crafting our future. It's what God wants us to do. And this instrument's going to help you do that. Now, do you know how most guys answer the statement, before I die, I want to? They answer it this way. Retire. That's it. Before I die, I want to retire. They just insert that one word, and they think retirement, this undefined dream, is going to fulfill them. But what I've discovered is most men retire, and they move into that vague kind of undefined script that they never really thought through, and they get there, they're retired, and three to 18 months later, retirement is hell. They hate it. They're, they're losing their minds because, well, it has no purpose to it. It has no meaning. It has no vision. You can only enjoy doing nothing for so long. And then it just drives you nuts. So what I'm saying is God's given us the ability to write our script. I want you to think beyond retirement. I mean, at retirement, if you retire at 65, 66, you still got 20 years maybe. What do you want to do with those with your life there? Now, to some, God's going to you write some things down, and God's going to say, "No, no, that's too much. You can't accomplish all that." Or maybe that's too self-focused. Uh, to others, God's going to say, "Hey, that's perfect. I, I love that." And He's going to breathe life into it and breathe life into you as you begin seeing Him accomplish those things. And that's what this tool can do. I mean, it's simple, but it can have a profound effect on your life. So let me just make some observations about this tool and then give you an opportunity to get started on it and uh, see where, it, where you end up. Uh, the first observation is this is an opportunity to proactively craft your adventure rather than wandering through life, even as a success. Guys, becoming a success is not the adventure. It's not going to fulfill your life like you think it will. Mark it down. There are a lot of successful, bored, purposeless men in America. It's not found in success. Secondly, when I give you this tool, I want you to be realistic, but not restrictive about your dreams. Now, you can take this sheet and write down things that are just fantasies, and I don't want you to fantasize your way into the future. On the other hand, I don't want you to think too small. I want you to think big about what you could be, what you could do, where you could go. I mentioned to you earlier I'd like to to write a book that would help dads transition sons from childhood to adolescence into uh, adult life and uh, help them along that way. And uh, about uh, four or five years ago, uh, well, actually, about, it was about three years ago, uh, I was speaking at a family life conference, and uh, a guy came up to me afterwards after speaking to a session on Dad. He says, uh, where have you written down those ideas on Dad? And I told him, well, I've got a few things written down. He said, I've written several books. I'd love to help you in that. Now, I want you to know, if I hadn't written that down on my um, North Star, I doubt I would have connected that dot, that moment in time, with what I wanted to achieve. And so it stirred me and moved me to take some steps forward to get some things on paper. That's what this will help you do. It will help you connect different 
uh, aspects of life at different points. So I want you to be realistic but not restrictive with your dreams. And that means uh, you may need to, three, find someone to help you dream. For whatever reason, some guys have a difficult time dreaming and they need somebody to pull those thoughts out of them so you may need help. In fact, Proverbs puts it this way. This is a fantastic verse. It says, a plan in the heart of a man is like deep waters, or deep water. But a man of understanding draws it out. Now, that man of understanding is someone that you may need to find. He comes alongside you. You tell him a little bit of what you're talking about. He's probably got some more experience than you. And he's listening to you talk, and he says, you know, I could see you doing that. Now, no one's ever told you that before. Really? Yeah, yeah, you've got skills doing this. Have you ever thought about doing this? Or maybe this? Or I knew a guy who did this. And so you begin to see some of those details materialize as this man of understanding draws it out of you. But now it's going to take some courage, courage to ask somebody, would you sit down with me? You've got more experience than I do. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what I'm dreaming You're thinking, you know, golly, that's going to take some courage because I don't want it to sound foolish. It's going to sound stupid. How is he going to respond to me? But you're an adventurer. This is an adventure. And the precursor to an adventure is faith and courage. You can't have an adventure without the two. So muster the courage and find someone you can sit down with and Let him begin to draw some of that out of you. Fourth, this is for you older guys, it's never too late to start the adventure. The the statement I hear from older guys all the time is, I wish I'd heard this 20 years ago. Well, I understand that, but that's looking backwards. What we want to do is look forwards. In fact, I love the story of Harlan Sanders. Do you know who he is? You probably know him better as Colonel Sanders. Do you know when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken, how old he was? 65 years old. He'd run a few smaller businesses, and then he started this adventure with fried chicken, and he ended up turning it into an empire. Guys, it's never too late. Never too late. You're never too old. In fact, did you know Nelson Mandela was released from prison at age 72, well, was elected president of South Africa at 76. It's never too late. If you feel like, golly, I've really screwed up the first half, well, reclaim it in the second half. You get the opportunity to do that. Uh, the thing I don't want you to do is throw a pity party in the second half. We're licking your wounds for the second half of life uh, just because of what you did in the first half. No, you reclaim your life. I mean, you're an adventurer. Wipe the slate clean, start again, and claim your adventure. And then fifth, young men need to dream first half dreams primarily. If you're a younger man, you're probably 40 or under. And the dreams you need to dream are really, I call first half dreams. They're almost all going to seem impossible. But you need to dream, and you need to dream big. Not fantasies, but dream big. In fact, um, I wrote this paper about 23 years ago. Um, what what helped me do this is I was reading Stephen Covey's books, First Things First, and so I decided to work through the six uh, lessons or worksheets in the appendix. And as I worked those things through, he helped me really envision where I wanted to go in the future. And I'm telling you, when I wrote these things down, Well, they seemed impossible at the time. I had no idea how to accomplish this. And this was 25 years ago. Here's some of the things I wrote down. First thing I wrote down is I want to write a book. I don't know what the book would be about, but I would like to get published. I'd like the experience of writing a book. Second thing I wrote down is I wanted to get my doctorate. I had my master's in theology. I always wanted to be a lifelong learner. I thought this would be a great way... To be a lifelong learner is get my doctorate, and over time, I'll work on that, and that would keep me learning in a positive direction. 
Third thing I wrote is I wanted to visit places the disciples walked. I want to understand what actually happened there by by seeing it and picturing it, being able to experience what I never could by reading books about a situation. Uh, Fourth, I wanted to speak for some kind of national organization on some kind of national level. had no idea what that would be, but it was a dream I had decided to write down. And fifth, another one is I wanted to visit a third world country with each of our kids before they finished high school so they could have the experience of engaging with the third world culture and see how we can serve and give back because we have so much more. Now, all of those, I didn't know how that was going to be accomplished. Those were really first half dreams. And if you're a young guy, that's the kind of dreams you need to begin dreaming. But here's what I want you to know. Now, 25 years later, looking back, I have accomplished every one of those things. And I am amazed at how they got accomplished. But if I hadn't written them down, I never would have even thought about accomplishing it. By the way, I've encouraged my kids to dream. In fact, my son Josh, when he was in college, I was encouraging him to dream what he'd like to do. He said, you know, Dad, I'd like to visit Israel. And uh, what do you think about uh, enrolling one summer? I go over to Israel and enroll one summer at Jerusalem University, and I've looked at a class on the geography of Israel as it pertains to the Bible. He said, I'd like to do that, and he had scholarships that could pay for that, and I thought, wow, I never would have thought of that in college. I I said, I think that's great. You ought to go for it. But at the the time he was thinking about it, um, it was the time that, if you remember, Ariel Sharon, when he decided to walk the steps beside the Wailing Wall all the way up to the mosque at the top, the, um, the Dome of the Rock. You remember that? It was in the winter of 2001, and when he did, all hell broke loose. Well, that's as Josh was deciding he was going to do it, and I was real nervous about it. But he, he was enthusiastic, and I said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this is winter. They'll have it all calmed down by summer. Well, that summer I ended up getting an email from Josh. It said... Uh, well, we just had a suicide bomber blow out, blow up the bus a block from where I'm staying. And I'm reading that, and I'm rethinking my permission about letting him go to Israel. But the boy is having the adventure of a lifetime. And he came back just full of energy, showing me things that... He loves showing me things that I never knew about Israel, and I've got the seminary education. It was an adventure of a lifetime he still refers to today. So I even get my kids to begin dreaming dreams. And you young men, you need to think about this next statement. Uh, Number six says, the younger you start this proactive process, the greater the return of reward rather than regret. It's also the greater return of adventure. And the most important thing, it's the greater return of nobility in your life. See, you get the opportunity to write down what you want to be without any scar tissue us older guys have got. You you can write down statements about purity and integrity and faithfulness, how you want to contribute to society over the next, what, 60 years, how you want to finish, and you'll finish... Uh, looking back over a greater landscape than us older guys could possibly even consider. And you'll be able to recognize to a greater degree your contributions to society, the good name you have for yourself, the incredible legacy you leave behind because you were dreaming early and you were able to dream noble dreams that can materialize over a lifetime. So you're in a great position. And then seventh, this is last, we want to start today with a draft that we're going to, f- that we'll finish our time in March with a solid plan. Now, if you turn over to the last page of your notes, it's not numbered, but it'd be page 23, you'll find this tool. And well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you five minutes right now to begin to fill this out. Now, don't panic. You don't have to fill it out correctly. Some of you, most of you brought pens. It's okay. You can use a pen. I'd recommend a pencil. 
Uh, I'll have many copies of this for you, so once you begin marking it up, if you make mistakes, it's in pen, you, you want another sheet, you can. You can go online and download this as a Word document, and you can actually fill it out on your computer as you're dreaming. But I want to give you a few minutes just to begin looking at each one of these categories. So you're going to fill out this top line. I mean, off the top of your head, before I die, I want to be. What hits you? Just write it down there. Don't evaluate it, just write it. I want to do, have, help, enjoy, leave. So I'm going to give you five minutes, and then I'm going to call time, and we'll break for small groups. So you get an opportunity to dream right now. Okay, that's, that's giving you five minutes. I mean, it was kind of fun thinking through that, wasn't it? Thinking through, well, what do I like to do? What do I want to be? Uh, I want to encourage you as we progress through this year to continue to flesh that out. And you'll have some things on there that will excite you, some things you'll scratch your head with and go, well, I don't know how that's going to get accomplished, but, man, I'd like to do that. I mean, i still got things on my plan I'm scratching my head on. But it's amazing how if you write those things down, God brings something across your path and you, you see how the two connect and it energizes you, and you start heading that direction. And you never would have thought of it if you would not put it down on your North Star. So hang on to this. Remember, you can pick up more copies of it online. I'll have more back here next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the first of three Adventure Busters. You don't want to miss it. So thanks, guys. Enjoy your small group, and have a great Thanksgiving.